What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, so I know we have a lot of podcasters who listen to the show. So before we get to this episode, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to that next level. Or if you've always thought about hosting a podcast, but you didn't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters. I actually just did one a few weeks ago. Access to the community discourse and an e-learning course that is full of tips and tricks. On top of that, they're going to help put your podcast out to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, anywhere else that you want your podcast to be, they will get it there. And the best part is, you get all this for just $15 a month, which is the same rate that other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to explode, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program, though, is limited. So if you're interested, get your application in today. To apply, just go to bwhustle.com slash join and you can check out the description box of this episode to find out that link but one more time it's bwhustle.com slash join it's chrysomania brother that's a great question look at you man oh, with the powerful you. questions <laughs> Woo! this is the chris van vliet show chris van vliet show ladies and gentlemen chris Van Vliet! All right, welcome to the Chris Van Vliet Show. So happy to have you along with us on this one. It's our last interview of 2020. And man, what a year it's been. Because if you recall, we started the year with a Hall of Famer. And we kicked it off with that interview with Kurt Angle. And now we're wrapping it up with another Hall of Famer this chat with Booker T. So I'd say the bar is set awfully high for 2021. Take a screenshot, share this on social media so we know that you're on this ride with us. Tag me, I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Tag Booker, he is at Booker T 5X. You're gonna be so inspired by this conversation. And if it's your first time here, make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on what we're cooking up for 2021. Oh man, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. And Speaking of big, at this rate, we are going to crush that specific goal of 2,000 reviews before my birthday, before May 19th. Because as I sit here right now recording this, well, not really sitting. So as I like crouch, kneel next to my bed, because that's where I record this in my bedroom. So as I'm here recording this right now, we have 1,559. So 1,559 is how many reviews we have. Oh, so we're going to, I mean, we got five months. Oh, going to absolutely crush that. And it's because we get reviews like this one from EC3. Yeah, the actual EC3. Remember when he was a guest on the show a few weeks ago? Well, after that, he went on Apple Podcasts and left this review. So 
If EC3 can leave a review, I'm guessing you can leave a review too. He says, I was a guest on this show. Now I'm a fan. Chris Van, whatever, that's my nickname for him. He doesn't know that, is an excellent and engaging interviewer. A positive mindset, thorough reset, th- thorough research, and full passion slash intent to provide a forum for a discussion that goes beyond the usual banter of the podcast world. Chris is a workhorse and cares deeply for what he does. It reflects in his work and resonates through his words. Highest marks, EC3. Man, that is very, very kind. Thank you, sir. And that wasn't just like, hey, uh, good show, like five stars. Like, he actually put some thought into this review, which is amazing. So thank you so much. And look, Will's, Will Ospreay also left a review. So if those guys can do it, I'm thinking you can find a minute at some point today to do it as well. And I think after hearing this conversation with Booker T, you know, you'll feel compelled to. It was just such a pleasure to talk to him. He's a fellow podcaster. He hosts a podcast called The Hall of Fame with my friend Brad Gilmore. And we know that Booker, you know, we've known him for years as a wrestler and a commentator. But as you'll see here, Booker the man is such an incredible person. And you're going to be so inspired listening to this. So I'm not going to waste any time. Let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Booker T. You know, I don't know if everybody knows that Booker T is your actual name. That's not just a great wrestling gimmick name. That's a great just name in general. I mean, as an adult, um, you might say that, but as a kid, you wouldn't, you know, because in elementary school, kids are cruel, man. My name was Booger for my first, you know, one through sixth grade. (laughs) I got so many fights from kids calling me Booger. And uh, I wanted to change my name when when I turned 18 years old. And um, I, 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 I turned 18 and I, I had to do it. And then I became a wrestler. And uh, it seemed like it was fitting. It seemed like the perfect name for professional wrestling. I always tell uh, my students, uh, you have to have a championship name. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you get into the wrestling business, you got to have championship music, you know. So when, when, when um, I got the name Booker T, actually Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert is the one who suggested I use my real name. And uh, he's the one who gave my brother the, the name Stevie Ray also. So it, it, it just worked out. Yeah, Stevie Ray and Booker T, those are championship names right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Well, Booker T is also the name of Bad Bunny's latest single. And I, I'm blown away that you know, this, is, this, this isn't just a name drop in a song. This is an entire song about you. How did this come together? Nah, man, that's just a young kid, man, you know, watching me um, growing up and, and just paying homage. And, I, you know, I'm humbled. I'm humbled more than anything, you know, because I, I always say, you know, just you're never going to be the guy that's the center of attention all the time, but to stay relevant is very, very important. And sometimes to stay relevant, you need other people to do it. And uh, for, so for Bad Bunny to, you know, one of the top artists out there right now, um, giving me props, it just lets me know that that I touched a lot of people in the right way. And, um, and, and that, that, that they all, you know, I, I know it's cliche, but they say that road you travel on the way up is the same road you travel on the way down, you know? So for me, it's always been about just getting the work done and hopefully I can, you know, you know, let someone have a, a moment, you know, and in time that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And, and, and it seems like bad money remember a lot of those moments. So it's pretty cool. 
I feel like I need to translate the song so I can completely understand what he's saying about you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Some of it is uh, it's hardcore, man. It gets right down to the cut of things, and that's what I'm about, man. I mean, I'm I'm from the street. I'm from the ghetto. I came from nothing. Uh, and and I created you know something, but but along along the ride, I want to bring a whole lot of people uh, uh, along with me. You know, they say the great quarterbacks, you know, when they when they go to the Hall of Fame, they always take a few people with them, and that's the way I want to be at the end of the day. Well, you touched on it a little bit there, but you know, six time world champion, two time Hall of Famer. You're a broadcaster. You're a business owner, husband, father. Who were you before you found wrestling? I was a kid, man. Um, actually, I tell you, just let, I mean, just a, a, a backstory. Um, the way I grew up was, you know, people might think, you know, what, well, you know, book had a, you know, a rough childhood growing up. I did, but but I, I tell people, you don't miss what you never had or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I talk to young people about um, peer pressure, um, following, uh, and being leaders. Uh, and I found myself at one point in my life. Um, you know, falling to peer pressure, being a follower, you know, and, um, you know, and, and I ended up in prison um, for a couple of years uh, for aggravated robbery. Um, but but I knew uh, that wasn't the last stop for Booker T. I knew that wasn't the place that was going to define me. Um, at the end of the day, I knew something out there was, you know, it was I, I was meant to do something. I just I just never knew what it was. I was never that kid who grew up saying, you know, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer or a doctor or a dentist, you know, uh, I was never that that kid um, because I didn't grow up like that. It just wasn't my lifestyle. My father passed when I was um, 10 months old. My mother passed when I was 13. Um, so living life and, and getting getting uh, through from one day to the next was more important to me than being on a football team or being on a little league baseball team. Uh, is it unfortunate? Um, perhaps. Um, uh, did I miss out on... Um, you know, perhaps that part of my childhood, you know, perhaps. Um, but what I learned along the way, um, I really feel like put me in the position to be the person that I am today. The thing that I saw um, and that was um, exposed to back then allowed me to be able to, you know, make a choice. You know what I mean? Um, you're going to go right or left. You know, my mother always said right or wrong. You know, there's no gray area in between. So, you know, I learned those lessons and, um, and I easily could have been, um, you know, a, someone that was drugged out on, you know, on, on heroin, you know, I easily could have been, you know, a you know, a pimp, you know, and ended up in jail, uh, you know, a pusher, you know, ended up in jail, you know, I, 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 and for, for many, many years, I, I could have easily have done that. Um, but those lessons, man, they were valuable, valuable lessons for a kid like myself growing up, you know, in that, in that nature, you know, in that jungle um, that I was in back then. So when your mother passed away at 13, who becomes your guardian at that point? Well, my, you know, for a while, no one. Uh, um, for a while, it was just my sister and I, and my sister, she's a couple of years older than I am. And, um, it was just her and I in the house uh, for a while, for some months. And then, you know, one of my other sisters took us in, but you got to realize, you know, um, that was a sister taking, um, a brother and a sister in, not a, a mother or a father taking a, a son or a daughter in. Um, so, and you, you got to look at it also, we lost our mother. We lost our father. Our sister 
went through that same experience, yeah. you know, so she was no, she was, you know, she wasn't in the position as far as being a teacher, uh, even though she took us in and we had a roof over our head, we still, you know, didn't have the guidance perhaps that we needed. And we had to, like I tell my students, you know, like, like, they, like, you know, when I see a lot of the times, you know, WWE guys are complaining because they aren't getting anything written for them. I say, Sometimes you just got to make it work. You got to figure it out, you know, and, and that's what we did. You know what I mean? We had to just, we had to figure out life and uh, we had to figure it out on our own and we had to do it really, really quick. You talk all the time about stay relevant. You say it all the time and it seems like a simple concept, but what exactly does stay relevant mean to you, both in the ring and outside of the ring? Well, first you got to know exactly where you are in life. You know, you can't um, live in the past or anything like that. You can't rest on your loyals. You can't, you know, I can't, you know, go throw my my Hall of Fame rings up to, you know, these young guys and say, you know, yeah, look at that. You know what I mean? They say, get the ring and show me something. You know what I mean? Right now, you know, so, I, you know, I don't, I don't live on the past or anything like that. I'm always trying to evolve. I always say, if you don't stay with the times, the times will pass you by. Um, and, and there again, you know, not being the, the center of attention all the time, not wanting to be the center, center of attention all the time, but push the person who needs to be at the center of attention is something that I talk about all the time. I talk about with my students. I say, you know, if, if, I, if, I, if I got somebody or, you know, like with these young guys, you know, I say, you know, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat and let you drive and let me navigate and I'll get you exactly where we, where we need to get. Get, get to at the end of the day, you know? So I'm always thinking like that and, you know, what I can do to, to help opposed to just thinking about me and, and, and what I've done and, you know, and who I was, that person. Yeah. I just don't think you can go through life like that and, and be able to advance and become something even bigger. I just don't think so. Has that always been part of who you are or is this something that you've just, you know, figured out like kind of later on in your life? No, that's always, that's always who I've been. I've never huh. been, I've never been the bully or anything like that. I love fighting. I love confrontation, you know, uh, but I always wanted the guy to pick the fight with me first, you know? Uh, so, so I'll, 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 but I, and, you know, but every, everybody else around me, I'm a really nice guy, you know, uh, I'm used to laughing, you know, most of the time, or if I'm ticked off about something, you would know it, you know, um, I never, you know, try to hide it or anything like that. Um, I try to be one of those, you know, you know, passive types or anything like that. Um, I, I've just always have been as real as I possibly can be. But, but in the, in the business, I've always rested on my, my talent, you know, I always, you know, relied on, you know, how good I was in the rain and, and that, and that only. Um, so I never really, it, it, it was never a thought, you know, a day that I worried about anything as far as, you know, wrestling goes, because I, I knew how good I was at that, that, that part, you know. You know, you talk about staying relevant and look, you have a, a great mic set up here. You've got like a little studio. It's not just because you have a great mic. It's because you're, you're a radio host. You host the Hall of Fame with Brad Gilmore. Yeah. And this is, this is locally in Houston, right? Yeah, yeah. Five years running, man. Five years running. That's amazing. Congratulations. We've been doing our thing and um, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, the podcast is, is growing, you know, the, the, the YouTube channel, Reality Wrestling YouTube channel is growing like crazy. And um, I mean, just at the you know, beginning of last year, we were at 100,000. Now we have 400, almost 20,000 um, subscribers. And, you know, we're going to be at a million by the middle of next year uh, as far as the channel goes. And we, we just, we just, and the thing is, we're uh, educational, um, but, we, but 
the thing is with people, man, they they, they want to be able to have some fun, man. They want to be able to laugh. They, they, you you got to be able to make people feel a certain way in order for them to, you know, tune in. And, and that's what I'm really, really good at more than anything is, you know, making people feel a certain way. And that's what I talk about wrestling, you know. Yeah. Today compared to yesterday, man, I, I wanted to see somebody cry. I need a tear to come out of somebody's eye if I was a baby face. And if I was whooping somebody's ass, somebody somebody definitely was going to be crying. You know, so that part for me, the Shakespeare, you know, that that part right there is, is the, the part that you miss more. The thing that you do on the Hall of Fame is you, you talk a lot about the current product. And... Yeah. I, I, it's so, there's so much wrestling that's going on right now. Are you watching just a ton of wrestling every single week? You know, I don't watch it like that. You know, I'll go back and um, get watch YouTube and I'll watch the, um, the highlights and they'll pretty much tell me exactly what's going on. And then I'll go back and check that person out because a lot of it is stuff that I don't want to see really honestly. Um, but when, when it's something that, that intrigues me and make me go, wow, you know, that was, that was, that was actually really, really cool. Um, you know, just like the, um, the Moxley match, um, that they just had with uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Now that, that match, people look at it and go, wow, man, that was so awesome. And it was nothing, no more than a throw, throwback to something that we did back in the nineties. It was such a simple concept, but simple works, you know, so much um, better than going out there and trying to over, you know, think this thing and come up with something that, you know, like we're inventing a wheel or something. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to work. That's what's different about wrestling yesterday and wrestling today. That made that one little angle right there with the finish. It made you feel like, Oh man, oh, man I got to do it in Tuesday now to hit back and see what's good. So that's what I always look at when I teach wrestling. Um, you know, we do a class, you know, every Thursday night I'm on Zoom, um, Booker T's Wrestling 101. And I talk to people and show them the difference between what wrestling was and what wrestling is today. Last week was um, Dusty Rose's hard time promo. Uh, and that promo, it, it, you know, we, we talk about the promo. And, and the promo, I said, well, you know, I actually, I had about 14 people. I said, what does promo mean? And it's only, and one girl goes, to promote. And I go, right. I say, to, I say, to promote what? Uh, she say, um, to pro promote, you know, the match. And I go, yeah, to promote the match, to promote the show, to promote the organization, to promote the, you know, the company, to promote, you know, my opponent, you know, it's, it, it's so, so she got a whole lot of different things. Everybody got a whole lot of different things there. And, and we, in Dusty Road showed exactly what it meant to promote everything and make a person that did not have nothing but $20 in their pocket, but yeah. they would use half of it to go and buy a ticket to go and see that person who was just talking about them, not having anything. And that's what's missing from wrestling today. I think. I feel like we're getting a promo here right now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you it's think, just real talk, man. It's just real talk. Do you think that the, like, for example, the Moxley and Omega match, do you think it had to be simple because of the strange time that we're living in right now? Like you, you could have had a more complex match if you had fans to play off of. I don't think it would have needed um, more, um, more complexity. Uh, I think it was perfect. I just think wrestling needs to take a step back to take a step forward. Um, you know, the art of going out and, simulating um, combat is what I think we did best. Um, I think, you know, we're producing um, a, a lot of, you know, guys who, you know, right now, you know, learn, they're learning entertainment. Um, we learned how to 
entertain as well as wrestle. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, that, and that's what, you know, I think is missing. It's just like, just say, for instance, you know, you give a, a actor a script and he's a, a guy that's just been acting for, you know, a year. He's going to take that script and he's going to wonder about it. But you take an actor that's been working 20 years, he's going to take that script and go, oh, my God, I'm going to make this something special. You know, that's the difference between actors who are seasoned and actors who are, are, are trying to figure it out. And I think we got a lot of actors right now that's trying to figure it out, opposed to uh, taking that script. And like for me, such as King Booker, I say, oh, my God, man, I'm going to make this something. Nobody's going to be able to follow this ever in the history of wrestling. That's what I'm thinking when I see a script like that, opposed to, you know, how do I, you know, I better make sure I read this line by line and, and, you know, and, you know, my, my eyebrows are moving, you know what I mean? I'm, 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 st- I'm pausing in the wrong places. I'm not making it as theatrical, as big as it possibly can be um, because yeah, wrestling is, is, it's not MMA. It's, it's not boxing. It's professional wrestling and, and the best professional wrestlers are the, are the best actors. The best actors get the best scripts. They, they're the leading man. Don't think the guy that, you know, just started is going to get the leading man role. And that's what we got a lot of times is a lot of guys in the business right now that are just coming in and think they should be leading men. Think mm. they should be get that script, you know, and, and really don't understand what, what that script entails, you know. When we look back at your WCW career, did you have a specific moment or match or promo that you think really elevated you to that leading man level that you're talking about? I, I think it was gradual for me. Um, I mm-hmm. think I was, I was learning along the way. I was watching. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about being, the, you know, this is not, I mean, my career is not by accident or anything like that. Me getting into business is by accident, you know, because it, it wasn't a thought process in my mind or anything like that. Um, but as far as, you know, the learning part, I was thinking about that from day one um, before I ever got into business um, from a serious standpoint. I thought about the guys that worked in the main event, thought about the guys that work at at the top level and, and, you know, being able to be diverse and and be able to, you know, do anything on a dime, no matter what it was. Um, Give me the script and let me go out there and make it work. But, but, but I wanted to be amongst the greatest wrestlers that, that ever put on a pair of boots at the end of the day. And I said that all the time, you know, I never thought about titles or anything like that. I just wanted to be the best wrestler in the locker room. And mm. and now I fall in the, in the company of, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and myself as two, two time Hall of Famers. And, um, and, and it really wasn't by accident. It was, it was, it was by design. I was thinking about how to be the best wrestler I possibly can be. And, you know, a lot of times, sometimes, you know, people, people don't, don't really think about Booker T when you think about, you know, stats, but, you know, I say, go, go and look at my stats. You know, I got some, I got some pretty good stats, you know, and, and they, and they match up with anyone that ever put on a pair of boots. And, and, and I did that just by, I, I always say staying focused not losing focus because mm-hmm. in this business, man, you know, there's so much temptation along the way. 30 years for me, I've been a part of this business and I'm still trying to stay focused. Um, man, you can lose track on a, on a dime. And, that, and, and, and for a lot of people losing track that one time, that's all it takes. So was this, you know, were these goals that you set match to match? Was it month to month or was it year to year as you were coming up? You know, um, wrestling was uh, something I did good. And, and it was it was so much fun to compete, 
the guys and, and his stories out there, you know, you know, Chris Jericho and uh, all of the guys know the stories about me coming up as far as being a, a kid who was really, really braggadocious. I would tell guys to go follow that. Um, but I was studying the good guys too. I was studying the, the guys like Steamboat and, you know, I was studying guys like Ric Flair and, you know, and, and you know, even, you know, Triple H and all of those guys. I, I was, I was studying guys to, to figure out how to be the best performer. Um, and, and to do that, you know, the one thing I, I talked to my students about, I said, you know, when you go and watch a, a movie, um, and it's a really, really good movie, you, you get so caught up in it. At the end of it, the credits start going up and everyone in the theater get up and start clapping. And, and, and the thing is, they can't see you. And the guy, they can't hear you. I mean, I mean, come on, it's a movie. But yeah. it made you feel such a certain way. So I, I tried to master the art of making people feel when they see something opposed to just seeing it. Um, it's like the wind, you know, you, you can't feel it, but you know, it's there, you know, and, and that's what I try to work, work on more than anything. So it, it, it's always been a test within myself. Um, and then they're testing myself. I got to make the person that I'm working with much better than anyone ever made him um, look before. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do that. You know, I gotta lose, you know, better than I win. You know, yeah. I had those thought processes in my head. I, I want to take it back to what you mentioned earlier about, you know, you spent some time in jail and, and I'm curious when you were in jail and you were, you know, you knew when you were getting out, did you go, all right, when I get out of here, no more of this. I, I, I'm on a different path now. Did you actually have that sort of plan? You know, I, I didn't, I didn't have a, a I knew I shouldn't have been there from the beginning, <laughs> you know? uh, but, but I, I never saw myself in jail before. I had never been in jail before I, I, I went to prison. I had never been in trouble before with the law. I had never been in, in the backseat of a police car hmm. before that happened. Okay. So um, it, this wasn't like um, an everyday occurrence for me. I was in a place unknown. Uh, but, but, but for me, it was the experience. It was, it was the experience uh, for me. I wouldn't necessarily say I needed it, but I, 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 I utilized it. And uh, I took advantage of that experience that I was going through just to see how easy it could be um, to find yourself in that situation. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing at the time anyway. (laughs) 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 But but no, man, Um, it was just like uh, you see in the movies, man. You know, when I first went in, I had to go to this place called Huntsville. It's it's like a diagnostics place place that you stop through. And, you know, I was in this one little cell by myself, you know, there's all kind of rioting on the wall, you know, like, a, you know, such and such been here, you know, that was like crazy, you know what I mean? It was, it was like, it was like stupid. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did I end up here? That's nuts, you know what I mean? Um, but, but I, I, I composed myself. Um, I, I, I was able to adapt to <laughs> the situation. I didn't, I didn't um, let, I didn't let it, you know, um, I didn't let anyone see that it bothered me at all. I, I, I act like it was, you know, something that it was just something that I was going through at that moment. And I was going to deal with it. Uh, whatever, no matter, no matter wh- whatever I had to do, it was, it was, it was that simple. It was serious. Um, walking through, you know, the, the, the court, the you know, little corridor, you know, 
sales on both sides. It's, it's, it's just like a movie. It's scary as heck. You know what I mean? People coming up to the bars to see a new guy come in. You know, but um, I, can, I, I must say, I didn't have one problem the whole two years I was there. You know, I didn't hmm. have one problem. You know, I was very, very well respected by the guards. You know, all of my peers that were there, they, they respected me. Um, because I've always been a fighter. I've always been somebody that was willing to fight. Every, every, everybody there, you know, kind of like realized what I was about, you know, really, really, really quickly. Even though I was a kid, I was, I, I, I experienced manly things and I had seen things that kids just, you know, wasn't privy to. And in the situation that I was in, I knew exactly what I had to do to get, get through it. And um, mm. I didn't have, I didn't have to fall in any clicks or anything like that. I was my own man. In, in some sort of way, that time of your life put you, you know, made you who you are now. That made you the person that you are. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways it did. It, it sculpted me because I, I learned a lot um, when I was down there, you know, talking to, you know, it's a lot of smart guys, you know, that's locked up right now, you know, and I'm not saying everybody's innocent or anything like that, but it's a lot of guys that's very, very intelligent. And they taught me some stuff in there, you know, like, you know, one, one of the rules, one guy taught me, he said, man, you know, if, if, if you, uh, you know, find yourself in a situation, you know, you know, act like you know how to do it, man. Nine times out of 10, if you act like it good enough, you know, and, you know, they're going to go along with it. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, and when I came out and I was working at this warehouse and uh, the manager knew a guy who was an actor out in California and he would come over and kick it sometime. And he, had, he knew about this movie, uh, uh, My Pictures. Uh, it was a Chuck Norris movie. And uh, he, he told me, he said, man, you should go read these lines. And I was like, man, I've never done that before. And I was like, man, just go and do it. And then I thought about what the guy told me in prison. So, boom, I got in my car, went and drove over to this hotel, read the lines. And literally within about, you know, two, three weeks, I got a phone call for the movie. Wow. But it's the whole idea of fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You know, um, I never, uh, you know, I talked to my students about wrestling too. I said, you know, you don't have to actually know how to wrestle. You just have to act like you know very, very well. You know, I say, you know, just say for instance, you're a guy coming through a, a hospital, you know, lobby and you got a you know white coat and a stethoscope around your neck and you clean cut and somebody may ask you for some help, but you're just going to a costume party next door. You know, I say, if you look the role and play the role, somebody may will look at you as the role, you know? So for me, I never took karate, but I looked at a lot of karate movies, you know? So, you know, that's where my wrestling style came from. You know, Muhammad Ali was my favorite. So I, I, I knew how to act like I could box, you know, even though, I, you know, I wasn't a boxer, you know? So you just have to, Put yourself in the moment in order, and believe in yourself and a lot of times in order to make it through this life. It's just tough. It's the idea of perception is reality, which, I mean, ties in. Your promotion is called the reality of wrestling, which is so funny that if people perceive you to be a good wrestler, all of a sudden you are a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. But you got but you got to go out and um, uh, act like it as well. You got to go out and, and look like it as well. Um, and that, 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 that comes from, you know, Preparation is the only luck you're ever going to have. You know, you just can't, you know, think it's going to happen by osmosis. <laughs> you know, you're just going to slip on a banana peel. All of a sudden, you're going to be good. Um, you got to be thinking five steps ahead. And, and, and a lot of times you, you're not thinking for yourself, thinking for yeah. somebody else. And and I think that's what, that's why I get it back from, I think, more than anything is I'm, I'm, I'm never thinking about myself. You know, I'm, I, I try to never think about me, especially now at 55, 
because I've done so much in life. I've gotten so much. I've done it all. And for me to be able to, you know, shine some light, it's just like, you know, when um, Renee and I was doing the, the show, um, you know, backstage, you know, I would, I would say, this, Renee, this is your show, you know. I would make sure she had that in her ear just so she, she could feel that way. Mm. I'm pumping her up. You know what I mean? I'm your sidekick. You know what I mean? Whatever you need, I'm right here. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've been here and I've done it. And for me to be a part of, you know, that with her, it, that's the least I could do is put her on a pedestal and make her feel any, even better and let her know that she could do even anything that she ever wanted to do in this lifetime. And that's, that's what I'm about. I'm, that's what I'm really about. But, you know, um, I'm about being stern too. You know, it's just like I got a student who may not know, you know, you know what he's talking about. I'm going to sit and tell him, Hey, this is what it's got to be. And this is the way it got to be. Otherwise, you know, get your, get your stuff, get down. You got to be, a certain way at certain times and, a, and other times you got to be another way. And I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a dad, I'm, I'm a trainer, I'm a mentor. I got so much going on in my life, man, but it's all for the good, man. It's all for the good. It's tough to put other people first in this business of wrestling where everyone's trying to get themselves over. And I feel like sometimes if you're putting other people first, maybe you get left behind. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's true too. You know, um, I've always been selfish. You know, as far as um, the wrestling part goes, um, I, I've never been, um, you know, unselfish enough to where I wasn't thinking about myself. You know, I, I'm always thinking about me. Um, but but you got to, you know, you got to be able to look at at the bigger picture. You got to be looking at looking at what what things are, you know, just say, for instance, you know, the champ, you know, um, and I'm not the champ. You know, just say, for instance, the, the rock is the champ, you know. It's my job to, to make the champ look, you know, you know, as good as I possibly can, you know, and hopefully when I'm the champ, he's going to make me look as good as he possibly can, you know? So that, that's what I mean uh, about, you know, being able to think about somebody else opposed to yourself at certain times, you know, don't think in the match, I'm not going to get my stuff in, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, know, you, put up, you better throw a hand up, you know what I mean? So it's, it's like that, but a lot of times, you know, um, you know, there again, you know, people are thinking about, you know, themselves and, and, and themselves only. And, and they missed a bigger picture of, you know, how do you actually make it to the next level? Um, me coming into WC, from WCW to WWE, um, I say, um, man, you got to know how to make it in the locker room before you can make it in the ring. You know, that's interesting. Well, and that's such a good point because so many guys came from WCW and they were so incredibly successful in WCW came to WWE and, you know, just like lost all their momentum. Were yeah. you worried that this would happen to you? There again, you got to know how to make it in the locker room before you can <laughs> make it in the ring. You know, I was talent, you know what I mean? I knew uh, that part, you know, I wasn't worried about, you know, the match with Bagwell or anything like that. I, I knew I was talent. I knew I, I came in and they had, you know, plans for me and whatnot and I was going to be there, but... There again, I left all my WCW accolades, uh, WCW, and I came there and I, and I dressed in the locker room with all of the boys, you know, and it might have been 30 of them, you know, more, you know, you know, and, uh, and after a while, uh, I remember Taker asking me, hey, man, come dress over here. And it was called a TV locker room, you know, so. I got invited into the TV locker room. I didn't just go and dress in the TV locker room. I remember a guy, uh, you know, not too long ago, a couple of years back, and uh, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, 
<laughs> he lasted in WWE about a, a year or so. You'll be able to figure it out. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he came, he came and he dressed, he, he was in the TV locker room. And, uh, and, I, and I'm wondering in my mind, what the hell is he doing in the TV locker room? And he's hanging out in there with us, you know what I mean? He's kicking it and whatnot. And I, and I told him, yeah, he was talking to me about, you know, the, the guys in the other locker room. And I was like, man, forget those guys, man. Dress over here, man. I mean, man, come, I mean, all those guys to tell you where to dress. And and, and I, all I was doing was just staring the pot. <laughs> he didn't know I was getting him in more trouble. Oh, man. <laughs> and then they ended up firing his ass. <laughs> and, you know, and he didn't know why he got fired. He didn't even know. He didn't even know he was getting to eat, you know. Just by being in the TV locker room and nobody invited him into the TV locker room. 2020 has changed a lot of things. It's definitely changed how we work. And businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person that you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there's no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job search criteria. And you can contact them the moment that you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you. And right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and see it fast. So right now you can try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And the NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs, baby. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You can do this all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of this great sign up bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. You know, when you think of WCW, you're, you're the poster child. You and Sting, I mean, there's a handful of others, but you're, you're the poster child. And it was so interesting seeing Sting still wrestling right now. What was your reaction to seeing Sting debut in AEW? Hey, bro, you know, some guys don't want to quit, man. Some guys just don't want to leave it alone. And, you know, that's what they do, you know. Um, Sting, Sting, I never thought I'd see Sting um, still, you know, doing this at 61 years old. I just didn't think that. But I was talking on my show um, just last week 
it's, it's, it's hard, you know, sometimes, you know, to walk away from this business. And, and then again, you know, after you've done it for so long, you want to walk away from it your way. You know, he didn't get a chance to do that in WWE. You know, so now AEW, you know, he, he may feel like he got a chance to go out there and do it, you know, um, and do it his way and, and walk away from it. Uh, but for me, um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, more power to those guys that want to go out there and do that. But I, I, I wasn't one of those guys that wanted to wrestle my whole life. You know, I wasn't a guy, that, I wasn't one of those kids that dreamed of being a professional wrestler as a kid or anything like that. I wasn't somebody that like Christian and Edge and there was in, you know, WrestleMania one in the band. Ah, you know, I was, <laughs> I was freaking, I was on the, you know, watching some prostitutes going down the strip. You know what I mean? You know, like, <laughs> You know, so when I got into wrestling, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it, it's different, you know, it's different for me than, 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 uh, you know, most of these guys. So I, I just look at it, you know, so, so differently, you know, seriously. Do you think we're going to see Sting have a match? You know what, man, for Sting to want to have a match, I wouldn't advise it. Okay. It's 61 years old. I wouldn't advise it. Um, it's just not, I, I, I don't know. Is it worth it? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, to him, it might be worth it, you know, but I don't know. I say wrestling is a young man's sport. That's why I got out. You know, I, I said I was going to retire when I was 40. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, I, when I when I turned 40, I was like, man, I'm still pretty good, man. I'm like, man, I'm still better than the rest of these suckers on the roster. Man, why, why <laughs> quit now, you know? So I pushed it until I was 45. And then I walked away from it. And and I tell you, I don't itch to ever, you know, put my boots on to go out there and do that ever again. You know, I mean, I had a great run and I had a great time doing it. And and I love, you know, watching the young guys come up. I love seeing my students get a, get a break and get a chance, you know. Um, but Sting, he's a guy, you know, he was doing it before I was doing it. Well, before I was doing it. Um, it's something that he's done his whole life. It's something that's, that, that's in his blood. There again, not getting the chance to finish it properly in, in, in WWE. I remember when I went to w, uh, w, WWE in 2001, and uh, I don't know, you can go back and you know research it, but Sting did an uh, interview. He said the reason he, he, he never went to WWE was because of the way they treated Booker T when he first got there. And he wow. said, you know, he said, I was, I was disrespected by The Rock um, when I first got there. And he thought I, I should have been treated better. And, and what he was talking about was when me and Rock, we did our angle and, and Rock goes, who are you? And I go, my name is, he goes, it doesn't matter what your name, you know? And I go, I, me, I always looked at this as wrestling. I, I, I've never looked at it like it was a serious thing. And I, and I think if Steen came there and he did an angle with The Rock, Rock would have perhaps did the exact same thing with him, but it's wrestling. And for him to have missed out on 15 years, maybe mm, yeah, of time because of that yeah. angle that I did with the rock. I thought that was very, I would you know, I, I don't even, what word should I, what should I use? Cause I don't want to um, disparage him or anything like that, but I just thought that was a very unwise thing to do. Let's just say that I miss out on all of that time of, of, of living out that sting dream in the WWE. But, but I, but I think it was a lot of guys were scared to come to the WWE. Sure. And, and a lot of guys did not want to have to, you know, 
put in the work and 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 really, you know, establishes them, themselves all over again. But me, I was like, let me go up here and see how good I, I really am. You know, mm. I wanted to, to challenge, challenge myself with the best workers in the world. But for Steen to do it now um, at 61, I just think is is very, very, um, it's, it's, it's an unwise move to go out there and try to work with these young guys. I remember that promo with The Rock. Who in the blue hell are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for the record, you were not offended by this. No, man, I've never been offended by anything that I've done in wrestling because it's, it's wrestling. Um, it's, it's not real. It's, 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 it's what we make it. We're entertaining fans. And, yeah. you know, that's part of his character. The, the thing is, I wish I'd have, it would have been my stick. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm serious. <laughs> I wish I had stolen a lot of his lies, man. I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I mean, because I've never looked at, I've never been a hater, man. I've never been looked. It's just like just say, for instance, when Goldberg came in, and Goldberg wasn't a wrestler. He was a guy that was greener than anybody in the locker room. And then all of a sudden, he had the best interest. He had the best music. He was making the most money. I, you know, and 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 you know what I said, man? I wish I was him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say, I wish, man, I wish I would have slipped on a banana peel and got, got in like that. I, I can't hate on the guy because he's freaking, you know, a huge star and he's making money and, and you know, that thing that just happened for him. I cannot do that. Um, you know, me and Goldberg, him and I, we're the best of friends. We're, we're tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's, that's the way I am when, when I, when I look at stuff like that. And I always have. Yeah. But you came up with some incredible catchphrases. I still say to this day, tell me you didn't just say that. I mean, say the drama for your mama. I got a bunch of them. You got them. Yeah. I I never called anyone a sucker until I heard you say it. (laughs) Shaggy, ducky, quack, quack. You know? (laughs) No, man. My thing is, man, it's, it's, this, the thing has been a journey for me like crazy, man. The, The times I've had on the road, you know, it's been the greatest times in the world, you know? So it has been great for me, but, but nah, man, um, I, I, like I say, again, as far as Sting goes, I, I hope he have a great run and finish this thing out the way he really want to finish it. But um, there again, it's gonna, it could be a rocky road. I'm really curious to know who had the bookend slash rock bottom first. I know that became a part of your storyline with The Rock. Yeah, yeah I, I had it first. I had it first. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, dispute, you know, try to, you know, go back and forth, you know, if it's disputed or undisputed or not. I, I was the one who came up with the bookend. Um, I didn't call it the bookend. Um, um, and, and then there, um, I picked the name up. The Rock stole it, just like The Rock stole a bunch of my catch, catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, I'm serious. He really did. What other catchphrases did he steal? You know what? I'm not going to go there, you know, because um, that, that that's like those untold stories, unwritten rules, stuff like that, you know, that we don't, uh, you know, put out there. Locker room stuff. That's very interesting. If, okay. If, wait a minute. If you smell what I'm cooking. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That was it? That's the one? Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right? I'm just saying. All right? I, wow. I, don't, want, I don't want to start nothing. You didn't hear me say anything. Other than, <laughs> you know? You know? You know, you mentioned uh, the, the King Booker storyline, which was so fantastic, especially because, you know, you had Queen Charmel. I always wondered, did Charmel want to be an on-screen character or is that something that just kind of happened? 
No, I mean, I I I was um, gonna quit WWE um, back in two thousand five, two thousand five, two thousand six. I was leaving the business, and uh, it's because Charmel and I got married, and I didn't want to be on the road, you know, uh, you know, and Charmel be at home. And uh, I talked to them about it. I told them, hey, man, um, you know. And they said, why don't we hire Charmel? And um, and I was like, that'll solve a whole lot, you know. And uh, they, yeah. they hired Charmel, and she came on the road. And um, it kind of manifested as far as the, the King Booker, Queen Charmel thing, just because I call Charmel Queen all the time. Um, just, you know, just what I, that's the way I, you know, represent her out in the world around people. Um, and, and I, and they kind of got wind of it and she always wore the gowns, former Miss Black America. And, um, it's like, you know, why don't we uh, do the King, King of the Ring thing and, you know, make you King. I became King. I think I won like two matches. <laughs> and I, I was anointed King, you know, but, uh, they made me the King, but it, it was all, I think, you know, um, you know, driven and, and motivated around Charmel and, and, and me being King you know, kind of like made sense, but you know, it's one of those angles that could have been an asterisk, you know, you know, at the end of my career, um, you know, me Booker T being like a clown acting stupid. Um, so it was, it was really up to me what I made, you know, of King Booker to how my legacy was remembered, you know, especially with everything that else, everything else that I did, you know, because I knew people were going to remember me at the end with a, a crown and a, a cape on, and, and it could have been something that was not really um, looked at kindly, you know, from a lot of my fans. Um, so it was up to me to make King Booker something really, really special that when people remember it, they go, man, King Booker was badass. He was, nobody was better than King Booker, you know what I mean? He was the best king in a, you know, of all times, you know? So I, I really put in, you know, work to make King Booker the most memorable king, you know, out of all the kings that ever, you know, wore the crown and sat on the throne. Where did you come up with the accent? Um, I don't know. Um, I just <laughs> thought of a king should have a British accent. You know, and, um, I love James Bond. You know, um, the pinky finger was, you know, kind of like paying homage to Macho Man Savage, you know, put the finger up, you know, so I want to put the finger up, the pinky finger up, you know, I want to do the twirl like Macho Man and, you know, and, and, and but I wanted to, I wanted the king to be, the king was such a real character because, you know, I, I, I did a lot of like stupid stuff, but the king was like, the most dangerous person, you know, in the kingdom, you know, when you got in the ring, he had to humble you. He had to really beat you up. And and at that point in time, I don't think I was, you know, I was at my best as far as going out and really performing and, 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 and accenting and, and executing everything to where you looked at it and called that this dude's badass, you know? So, and I got it and I, and I, and I just had the, the right people to work with at that time too, you know, um, you know, the Bobby Lashley's, the Batista's big guys that I can go out there and really enhance, you know, them and the way they worked as well, you know? So it was, it was just a great time in my career to be able to go out and, 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 perform. Every time I did it, I was thinking about Hollywood. Some director was looking at this. And so somebody was going to be calling me. <laughs> that, was, that was part of the gimmick that you worked well, it into the gimmick. I'm serious. So, yeah. so it was so great for me to be able to, you know, explore and, and see how good I really was and making people believe. And I, I tell you that character, 
I, I don't think I paid for a meal for a year straight. I don't think I went anywhere and paid for a drink if I went to a bar and sat down. And, you know, I, I don't, anywhere I went, you know, people actually really treated me like I was a real king. It, it was the craziest thing, the craziest time I ever had in this business. Crazy. Wow. You know, when you talk about your legacy, did you realize this supermarket match with Steve Austin would become such a part of your legacy when you guys were planning this out? No, that's the actors, though. Again, man, it's the actors um, that, that that's who, who are the really, really good actors. They take the script and they try to make it. It was about Steve that night. I had been messing with him. I, if, if people remember the story, I had been, you know, messing with him for the longest. He had been trying to catch me for the longest. You know, I put him through the, you know, the table, whatnot. So he had been chasing me. And so it was my time to, to return the favor. Um, and, and there again, you, my loss has got to be better than my wins. All right. So I got to really go out here and make Steve look great. Indeed, but I still got to get my stuff in at the same time. You know, so I, I was very entertaining getting my ass whooped, you know, and, and I think that's what the, the good performers do. The good performers go out and, and they work for the end goal opposed to um, anything else that's going on. I never thought about that would be an iconic match at the end of the day, but uh, an iconic moment at the end of the, of the day. But what I, what I tell my students is, you know, you got a guy like Steve Austin, who's a, you know, 100% badass. You got Booger T, you know, you know, he ain't no slouch. He's a pretty, pretty badass guy himself, but they can go out in a grocery store and make you laugh and entertain. And then I go out on the belt. I'm crying like a little baby. I'm gonna get you, man. You know, it was, it was, it was just, it was just wrestling. That's what wrestling is. And and it was about the fans that I I tell my students. um, And I hope these um, young guys out there that get a chance to listen to this, you know, it ain't about, you know, you and I, you know, we wrestle each other, you know, tonight. And then we go down the road talking about how great a spots, how many spots we did in the match. Man, that thing off the top. We, it ain't about that. It's about the fan, man. It's about the fan leaving that arena saying, man, I cannot wait to get back to see such and such, man. They, they can't wait to get home and, you know, you know, order their tickets for the next show. And next show is three months away, you know. that That's the way you, you, you try to think about entertaining your fans. You know, for me, it was always an out-of-body experience. I always could sit in the front row and watch myself and, and think about what I wanted to see opposed to what I wanted to do, you know. So After that supermarket brawl, you know, cameras go off. What happens then? Do they immediately start cleaning this up so they can open the store the next morning? I don't know, man. I don't know. I was, I had, you know, milk in my head. I had eggs. I had <laughs> flour. I couldn't see anything. I was, it was, I was cold. You know, I was like, you know, I was like, get me out of here, man. You know, and I just had my dreads. I had just started my dreadlocks. You know, I was like, I hope this freaking, you know, potion helping out a little bit, you know, but no, nah, man, it, it was, it was, it was action. There was no rehearsal. You know, we did a walkthrough and that was it. Today, wow. they tried to do that. It's no way, it's no way two guys could go out there and pull that off today in 2020 and people 20 years from now saying that was something great. And, yeah, and the reason yeah. why there again, it goes to Steve Austin being Steve Austin, really, really great performer, Texas guy as well. Uh, myself being someone who's, you know, definitely, Definitely knew exactly what my role was and what my job was that 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 day, 
and um, to go out there and make it work. Uh, I don't think Steve and I ever, we, I, when I did his podcast, um, we, we talked about it. But for all these years, Steve and I, we never talked about that moment ever because that's what wrestlers do, man. We were thinking about the next moment. We're thinking about what's next. We're thinking about the next show. You know, yeah, the yeah. next, you know, you know, Shakespeare, next, you know, Phantom of the Opera. We're not thinking about that one time. And 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 that's that's what makes it great because it was all about just putting the work in. What was the final bill that, that WWE had to pay that supermarket? I don't know, man, but I know Vince wrote him a check. Uh, the Green Frog, uh, Bakersfield, California is no longer there, man. But, you know, a lot of people got, you know, a piece of the Green Frog when they, uh, you know, knocked it down and whatnot, demolished it. Uh, but for me, uh, it'll be a, a moment etched in time. I love Bakersfield, man. Always good times uh, going to Bakersfield, and then uh, the Green Frog is something that's gonna always, you know, be uh, etched in stone, man. Nineteen years, man. Nineteen years, almost twenty years um, that was, and, and people still talking about it. I was just looking at it yesterday, man. I was laughing so hard, man, because I was I was taking some bumps in that in that supermarket. I was so scratched up after that thing was over with, man. I thought I was gonna get caught, you know, going off the build. I thought something was gonna get caught in the little corner or something, man. So, but it was it was awesome, man. It was a great night. So many people have attempted the spin a Rooney with you. Who is the best person to do it? And who is the worst person to do it? Oh, man, the best person um, was, uh, let me see, it's probably going to be, uh, I don't know, Diva did a pretty good spin of Rooney. Uh, and I think the worst was uh, was Big Show. Uh, <laughs> Big Show's, uh, but I tell you, Edge, he had, a, he had a pretty bad one as well when him and I had to wrestle at, at WrestleMania uh, 18. Uh, he was, uh, he wanted to do the spin around so bad, man. So he, he's like, man, just show me how to do it. Just show me how to do it. So I, I showed him how to do it. So he's out there working on it all day. He's trying to get that spin around. And by showtime, he's got strawberries <laughs> all over his body. Oh, where he's, no. he's literally ripped the skin off of his body. And then he still could do it in the match, you know. So he had a pretty bad spin around as well. Wow, that was WrestleMania 18? Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to do this in front of his hometown crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he couldn't, he couldn't pull it off, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I was always so impressed when you tried to get The Undertaker to do it. Hey, man, that was an iconic night, man. There again, that's what wrestling was back then. We were family out on the road trying to, you know, get from one day to the, to the next. So we, we we had fun like that. And to try to get The under, Undertaker to do it, we were... 45 minutes to an hour after the show went off the air, you know, doing that. And today there again, I don't think something like that would work. Um, I don't, I mean, they may try it, but, but I don't think it would have the same effect um, at that moment. had like today, this many years later, people still talking about me trying to get the undertaking. It was Vince McMahon actually trying to get him to do it. You know, he came into referees here trying to, you know, get Undertaker to do it. I'm, I'm like, man, don't, why don't put me in this, man? Go on, you keep me here, man. Just the Undertaker. <laughs> we can friends, but I mean, just the Undertaker. And I, and I remember uh, you could see it on his uh, last ride uh, when we when they show that. Uh, he looks at me and it's, it's on tape and he goes, Killed you, <laughs> and, I, and I look at him like, oh, bruh, it's not me." <laughs> but uh, that night was awesome, man. 
uh, to actually, you know, it's crazy. I've been so many, I've been, been a part of so many moments um, in this business, man. I've seen so many things, man, from the shock master coming out to that moment with the undertaker, man, to, you know, being in the ring with the road warriors to, you know, you know, to, to being in the ring with the rock, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's been, it's been such an amazing career. Uh, yeah. to have seen so much, man. I, I, and I, and I, and I tell you, man, I don't even, I ask God all the time. I, I still wonder why. Wow. Why this many years later? I always wow. I still I still ask, why me? Why me? Even now to this day, th- today, I was saying it today, you know, man, why me? Why do I get blessed so much? You know, why do why do God bless me so much? It's the craziest thing, man. But I just keep giving the blessings, um, giving them out, man. You know, we're going through some crazy times right now with this COVID things, people out of work food banks, you know, you know, lines are so long, people just need a helping hand. You know, you see the guy on the, on the corner, you know, with the sign, you know, he just need a beer, you know, and every time I see somebody on the corner, man, I got, I got to go in my pocket, man. And, you know, give them a little bit of something, you know what I mean? Um, it's, 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 it's the least I could do. It's the least I could do. You know, if I, if I got a kid that you know, need a, you know, some help, you know, some advice, you know, call me and, and let's talk about it. You know, um, my mother always said, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people. It doesn't cost you that one thing to be nice to people. And I think if we had a whole lot more of that, man, this, this place, we would be in such a better place in this world, man. We just had people just think that way only. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to people. We would be, we would, this world would be such a peaceful place to be in, man. It really would. Yeah. I would have to think you're blessed with all of this because you work your ass off. That's exactly why. You know, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't, I work hard, you know, but what I do now is not hard work, man. It's, I, I, it's, it's, it's the easiest, being in the wrestling business has been the easiest thing in the world, man. I swear. <laughs> I tell people all the time, you know, like when I got in the wrestling business, I, I say, I used to work for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Since I've been in wrestling, man, I, I, since I've been 25 years old, I don't, I don't really consider every, consider what I've done as work. Um, I could, I consider it as, as I'm doing my job, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I love, and I love what I do. Um, but I, I've never really considered what I do work because, um, it, it's, it's not really that hard for me. Um, yeah. It's really, really easy for me to do what I do right now. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm really, I really am blessed. And and I'm blessed to just, you know, I ask God, you know, just, you know, give me enough time to finish my work, you know, and, you know, you know, we'll meet in the middle, you know, you do your part, I do my part, we'll meet in the middle. I just want to, that's, that's the only thing I pray for more than anything, man. Life is tricky, man. Life is tricky. You know, we all got a birthday. We all got, got a death date. And, and, and it's the work that you put in in between. You know what I mean? It's the only thing that really, truly matters, man. At the end of the, of the day, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you, when you leave here, and your legacy that you leave, and and the people that you, you know, change, and, and a lot of them get transformed from what, you know, just like for instance, for me, the ring I wear, name guy by the name of Paul Bosch, you know, um, aggressive amateur boxing association. He used to always, you know, gear kids towards that. He used to say, a kid can't open a knife or fire a gun with boxing gloves on. Um, he used to, um, you know, he was the founder of the um, Boys and Girls Club here. You know, I remember that. I, I praise him all the time. Hmm. 
And people are going to remember you when you leave this earth. They're going to praise you or not. And yeah. that's what it, that, at the end of the, of the day, that's the only thing that you're going to have. I heard a great quote that reminds me of this. It's life is the C between the B and D. Life is the choice between your birth and your death. It's true. It's true. And I live by that, those, those, uh, those, those, um, those words, you know, those, those sentiments, just because, you know, um, you know, I, I come from humble beginnings, you know, um, you know, people, you know, can hang around me, you know, like, it's like Peter Rosenberg, Peter Rosenberg, uh, you know, Sam Roberts. They say, man, you're the only Hall of Famer I know that just act like, you know, you know, you, you're just a regular person, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm like, I am a regular person. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. I can't, you know, I never, I want, you know, I, I, I say it all the time, you know, when people are around me and they look up to me, they feel a certain way about me and they, they've never met me before, you know, and then they meet me and they, and I'm an asshole to them. You know, I say, they're going to remember that for the rest of their life. You know, I say, I say, but they're going to remember you if you was, if you was cool too. I say, you know, what's, what's, what's the hurt? You know what I mean? Of, of making that person feel a certain way when he leave. You know what I mean? It's like when I go to autograph signing, I, I try to make sure everybody that come through that line feels special when they leave, um, and, 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 and the thoughts that they had about Booker T before is amplified 10, 10 degrees. They said, man, I never would imagine, you know, he, you know, he was like that, you know what I mean? So, and it didn't cost me anything to do that other than a little energy, you know, that's about it. That's how exactly I feel right now. I had the pleasure of meeting you. I think it was about five years ago. It was, uh, it was at Marlins stadium, Marlins park. Yeah. When they yeah. Were, when yeah. They had the- Remember that? I met you very briefly there. You were so kind and so nice. I always wanted to be able to share a conversation like this with you. And this well exceeded any expectations that I might've had. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. Like I say, goes by those rules. My mother taught me, man, you know, those rules, those rules got me through life, man. They really did. Those, those, those little bitty simple rules, please. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. You know, those things got me through life, man. And uh, so, my pleasure. My pleasure. You seem like someone who's very appreciative of all of the opportunities that you've had in your life. And uh, I'm, I'm a big person when it comes to gratitude. So I end every interview by asking you, what are three things that you're grateful for in your life right now? Man, three things I'm grateful for. My wife, my kids, and my health. That's it. Those three things right there is what keeps me grounded, what keeps me fo- focused, motivated, driven, um, you know, because I need all of them in order for, you know, everything to work properly. Yeah. Uh, and if my health, if I, if I, that's why I say, I don't ask God for money or anything like that. I say, God, just give me my legs. You know, I'll make the money. You know, I'll be able to take care of my family. If you just give me my legs, you know, and let me be able to go out and, you know, uh, Take care, and so so. I don't I don't ask for much. I really don't. Um, there again, life has been you know great for me. I've been given so much, and I'm humbled. I, I really am. Every time I walk out of my house, you know, and I see where I live, and I go, wow, man, you know, how did this happen to me? You know what I mean? So because I come from nothing, I really do. I come from nothing, and I'm least likely to have succeeded in this life the way I have. Um, but God had a, a a bigger. God's got a bigger plan for me. Uh, wrestling has been great for me too. Uh, but, but I still look at wrestling like it's just been a tool. Um, it's not, 
I don't want wrestling to be the one thing that defines me at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. I, on my tombstone, it's not going to be here lies Booker T, the wrestler, ex wrestler. It's not. That's not going to be it. It's something. I, I'm here for. I'm here for something much bigger than um, you know what I've what I've gone through so far. Are you still looking at running for mayor of Houston? Is that still something you're interested in? That's my ultimate goal, man. Um, just because I tell you, man. The, it's, to, it's about the people, man. They, they want me to do it. They want me to represent them. And, and that's there again. I, I say, why? Why do you want Booker T to represent you? Are you crazy? What are you talking about here? But, but I got a good heart and, and I got a, I got a good feel um, uh, as, as far as people go. Uh, I'm always, I always know that I'm not the smartest person in the room. You know, I know I got to have a good team man around me in order to be able to succeed. Even now, right now, to this day, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without a, a young crew of guys around me, you know, like Brad, you know, like Kevin, you know, uh, and if I didn't have these kids around me, literally, I would not be where I'm at right now. I know it. Uh, some of the stuff that they have turned me on to and, and opened my eyes to have been amazing. And, and my thing there again, I say, let me sit in the passenger seat and you drive, I'll navigate, see if we, if we could get there together and make something together and create something and build something. You know, I told Brad when he first came with me, I said, man, we don't have a lot of money, but it's a lot of opportunity. You know, now he's my right hand man. He's going around the world with me. But I told Brad, you know, not too long ago, I said, man, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for you. You know, I said, I couldn't have done this without, without you, you know, and for him to hear that is very important. Because it's a lot of people want to really think that they've done it on their own. Yeah. I'm not one of them. Well, again, Brad's your co-host on the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Reality of Wrestling here on YouTube. People can subscribe because you, you're that, that page. You guys are just soaring. You're right. You're going to be at a million subscribers by this time next year. Thank Bad Bunny. <laughs> that, that, that too, yeah. Bad Bunny. That's, it's crazy seeing after that song came out how much that channel has just exploded. Yeah, man. Heck yeah, we rolling, man. Onward and upward. Where else, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, man. Um, of course, um, ESPN 97.5 um, every Monday and Wednesday. Of course, you can catch the podcast Monday and Wednesday. Also, we do it live. You can check your local listings. You know, we put something out on Twitter. Booker T5X <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram as well. As well as Reality of Wrestling um, slash YouTube on YouTube. You can check us out on there as well. We're out there doing our thing, man. Doing it like it's supposed to be done. Making all them suckers bow down. Making them pay my son. Making them say, Daddy, I don't want none. I had enough. Shuggy, ducky, quack, quack. And we out of here. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome, bro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>I would be so grateful to you if you could just take a few seconds out of your day to rate and review the podcast because it's really the biggest thing to, number one, help the show grow. But number two, it also like helps to convince some like harder to book guests who are like, oh, what's this podcast all about? Oh my gosh, you got 2,000 reviews in the first year and a half of your show? That's amazing. 
So that's kind of like, that's kind of the hope here. And as we head into a new year, remember, like we talked about here, like everything that you want out of life is yours for the taking. You just have to figure out what the steps are in order to get those things. But start today. Don't wait till January 1st or the Monday after that or your birthday or whatever it happens to be. Like start today. And if today happens to be January 1st, great. (laughs) Then start today. Make this thing happen. Because as Pablo Picasso famously said, only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die having left undone. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. Oh man, happy new year. We will see you on the next one.